This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the guys honor John Madden with an all-time coaches out-of-the-box draft. Question and answers covers our faces of sports video games as well as the Big Ben Hall of Fame question. And our main topics wrap up with the Harbaugh to the NFL rumors. This week in sports covers John Morant's latest stretch of dominance as well as a preview of the college football playoffs national championship game. Within 2022 for you here. Happy to get going for you. Dylan Jesperson here with you in Michigan. Dylan Holtz in Kentucky on a snow day today. Dylan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Kentucky's kind of looking like Michigan right now. It's it's a unique feel down here. We've got a whole two inches of snow. Basically, everything's shut down. It's it's a unique feel. We've got a midday Dylan and Dylan going. Uh, we're excited. It's been a like the last seven days, so much has happened in the world of sports. Like seven days ago, I was on Broadway in Nashville getting ready for the Music City Bowl, which I preached from the time that they set up Purdue versus Tennessee. I said, that's going to be the game of the bowl season. And what happened, those teams went off in Nissan Stadium for 1,300 yards, like 90 points, and just put on the game of the year of 2021. I will no doubt, stay with that. We don't have to talk about what happened in overtime, but that regulation was perfect. I have no hard feelings. I met so many Purdue fans that were awesome. I actually got to spend time with some Purdue players after the game. Those guys were absolutely incredible. No complaints about that. Awesome game. I just don't talk about what happened at the end. and It's all good because it was just an incredible four quarters of football, and that's all I'm worried about. And I don't think Tennessee's lost any momentum. I think everything's all good. Hinton Hooker's back. Cedric Tillman's back. We can talk about that later, though. A lot of stuff's happened. Derrick Henry has been designated to return from the IR. He might be back as soon as Sunday. The Titans are back on top of the AFC. They won the AFC South. So many cool stuff. So much cool stuff happening in like my realm of the sports world. And then we're going to talk about all the crazy stuff John Morant's done a little bit later. But yeah, very, very exciting stuff happening. 2022's here. And it might just be as wacky or more wacky than 2021 um how are you doing Uh, i'm doing pretty good i'm doing as good as i can be it's been a while you know that that game was wild obviously i texted you during that game it was an awesome game to watch uh michigan on the other hand has not been uh, very fun to watch in the in the new year so far uh i I guess the the semifinal game which we'll get into earlier was in in 2021 still last year but uh the basketball team again letting me down on uh on tuesday night whatever it was uh losing to rutgers and now we've got michigan state on saturday which uh, i'm 
usually excited for that game. Uh, I'm not really excited right now because Michigan State looks really good and we look not so good right now. But uh, should be fun still. It's a rivalry game. It's We're getting to that point in the college basketball season where rivalry games are about to start happening. So uh, got to be excited for that. Excited to get into a fun show. Reminder to follow Tunnel Vision Sports wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to us today. Uh, that way you never miss a fine episode of any of the content we're putting out here today. We are continuing to honor the memory of John Madden today with our out-of-the-box draft, all-time coaches draft. We're kind of surprised we haven't done this yet. We've done uh, variations of coaches drafts before, but yep. we haven't done a That's coaches draft. Yeah, I, I done scoured our social medias, and I was like, we did players turn coaches, but we haven't done this. Yeah, so we haven't done just a strictly coaches draft, so we figured we'd uh, uh, honor the memory of John Madden as a coach uh, by doing the out-of-the-box coaches draft. Uh, I'll throw it to Dylan with the coin here uh, to get the order suggest or set up here. Yeah, North Carolina. What do you? I'm want? gonna go. I'm gonna go back to tails. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna play my odds right. George Washington. Uh, it's just telling me. It's this. This the universe is just telling me. It's got to be heads, but I'll give it the way you want. <laughs> I want the first pick. Okay, it's all up to I you then. The first pick. With the first pick, I'm going to go with Coach Greg Popovich from the San Antonio Spurs. This was a guy that I knew I wanted because I think he is my favorite coach of all time. I've always loved Coach Pop just for kind of the person he is and then the stuff he's done in San Antonio. And then I did, like, research on him, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I really do love Coach Greg Popovich. So I'm just going to give my rundown of good old Coach Pop. He is 72 years old. I knew he was old. I didn't realize he was that old. He's still at it. He was named head coach at Pomona Pitzer, which I do not know what that is. That's that's what it said in this little career brief of Coach Pop. He was coached there from 1979. My mom was seven years old in 1979, and Coach Pop was a head coach. He was head coach there until 1988. He led them to their first title in 68 years, kind of set up what Pop was going to end up doing down the road. He left for a year in 85-86 to learn under Hall of Fame coach Larry Brown at Kansas. I just makes so much sense. He would later, in 1988, become an assistant under Larry Brown in San Antonio. Uh, he would get fired in 92 with the rest of the staff, go under, learn under another Hall of Fame coach, Don Nelson, in Golden State. I mean, it just makes so much sense. He learned more and more. Obviously, he goes back to San Antonio in 94 as the GM. His first move was to bring back Avery Johnson, who was cut – when the staff got fired. So Avery Johnson comes back with pop in 94. They start out three and 15 with they without David Robinson. Coach pop says, this is enough. I'm firing our head coach. I'm the man fire hires himself as the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs in 1996. And then we, we know what comes after that. He has a 1,325 wins in his career to 675 losses. That's just, you know, a 66% win percentage. That's silly. Then you look at the playoffs, 284 career playoff wins, only 170 losses, 60% win percentage in the playoffs. Pretty good, especially when you when you weigh, uh, weigh in. He went against the Lakers dynasty, the Heat dynasty, and the Warriors dynasty. I mean, he went against the three big dynasties of our lives. Five-time NBA champion, six-time Western Conference champion, three-time coach of the year, four-time All-Star game coach. He was 45-13 and 13 as the head coach of Team USA, Two gold medals, 2003 in San Juan, 2020 in Tokyo, a bronze medal in 04 in Athens. And I just wrote 
wow, he really is the GOAT. Because you don't see modern coaches with these kind of uh, numbers. I think there's one other one that in a different sport that I hope we get to talk, talk about later. But yeah, Coach Pop is just a different breed. And I knew I, I had to snag him with the first pick. But yeah, I'll throw it to you for your first and second picks. Yeah, absolutely. Love that pick. Uh, of the current coaches out there right now, I don't think there's anyone more deserving of being on this list than Coach Popovich. So uh, absolutely love that pick. With my first pick, I'm going to go with the uh, inspiration for this draft. I'm going with John Madden. Uh, I, I did some re- I had to do some research just so I could come into this, and I didn't realize how dominant he was in his short time in the NFL. 103, 32, and 7 was his record as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I mean, he was just uh, winning and winning and winning in just basically 10 years. I think he was the, the head coach there. Uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, reached five AFC championship games in seven years, uh, and was the youngest head coach to reach 100 regular season career wins. I mean, John Madden was just the, the pinnacle of what you think of as a coach now, and obviously uh, it's added to that after what he did in television and what we know of him as in the, uh, in the video games. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but I think John Madden is just the pinnacle of coaches happy to add him to my list with my first pick uh, with my second pick. I'm going John Wooden. I'm going the, the greatest basketball coach of all time. And I think either professional or college John Wooden is possibly the greatest coach in any sport, but definitely the greatest basketball coach of all time. I mean, you go down this list, 10 time national champion, 12 final fours, 15 time PAC 12 champion, five time AP coach of the year. He was a presidential medal, medal of freedom winner or awardee in 2003, which I know you love when, uh, when the, those guys get those those types of awards as well. Uh, had a final record. Let me see here: six hundred and twenty and one forty-seven at UCLA. Stupid numbers and eight. 80.8% win percentage at UCLA. Stupid stuff. Uh, what he did and, and not kind of overlooked. He was a, a dominant coach at Indiana State before he got to UCLA. Uh, not many people know that he was a for a long time in Indiana state. Great. Uh, and then took over as the AD and the baseball coach in his last few years at, at Indiana state and was just as dominant as that. So uh, John Wooden is just, when you think of legendary coaches, he tops that list, I think uh, for a lot of people. And I think more than happy to have him uh, join my list along with John Madden. I'll throw it to you for your next two picks. I had both John Wooden and John Madden on my list because they're both very much deserved to be here. Uh, Wooden, I definitely think, is the GOAT. And it was between Wooden or Popovich for my first pick, and I I was leaning towards Popovich based solely off all the things I learned about Popovich in the last week or so. So I great picks by you. Uh, But I still have one more guy on my main list, and then I'll have to dip in the alternates. I got to go with Billy B, Bill Belichick, 27 years strong. 22 of them in New England and five in Cleveland. He's got 290 wins in his career, 142 losses. Makes his uh, win percentage go 67%. That's really, really good. And then you look at his playoff uh, record and you're like, oh, that, that regular season percentage, it's it's okay. In the playoffs, 31 and 12. That's, that's insane. 72% win percentage in the playoffs. And you obviously see it with six Super Bowl championships, nine AFC championships. He took over Cleveland in 91. That was forever ago. And then took over in New England in 2000. He, the longevity is insane. And for a while it was, well, is it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? 
we see the Patriots without Tom Brady and they're still really good. They're going to be talked about as we go into the playoffs in a few weeks as one of the teams to watch out for in the AFC and they, as they should be because Bill Belichick gets those teams ready, gets those defenses playing. I don't like, obviously Tom Brady is probably the goat. Like I will talk about that more and more as he, if he ever retires, I do not know if he will, but Tom Brady did a lot for those teams with Bill Belichick absolutely had a huge impact on creating that uh, culture in New England and bringing literally every Super Bowl title that they have to that franchise. To go with uh, good old Bill Belichick, I'm going to dip into my alternates, and I'm going to go with Vince Lombardi. I mean, that I mean, has to be up there with the GOATs of the NFL coaching ranks. The, the Super Bowl trophy is named after him. Every year coming into the season, every team – wants to bring home the Lombardi trophy. And that's the guy named after he won the first two Super Bowls, won five NFL championships brought to Green Bay. I mean, there's there's not much more you can say. I mean, when, when you think of iconic figures in the sport of football or just in sports, Vince Lombardi has to be up there. He's obviously an icon in Wisconsin. Um, so much done for that franchise and setting it up to be title town as it's known now because he just brought championships to that little town in green in, in wisconsin year after year so yeah i'll go with two football greats vince lombardi and bill belichick to join greg popovich i'll throw it to you for your last two picks uh awesome picks obviously vince lombardi iconic name iconic person in the in the world of sports in the world of the nfl and and bill belichick probably the modern version of the of vince lombardi so uh two awesome picks love those picks uh with my third pick going a little bit biased definitely no you don't have this one on your list i'm going scotty bowman from the nhl uh from the detroit red wings a huge part of my childhood was watching the 2002 red wings win the stanley cup so uh and scotty bowman was the head coach of that so i gotta give him his shine uh, and when you look at this list, I didn't realize how high up he was on these head coaching lists. Uh, had 1,244 regular season wins in his career. I mean, that's just, uh, I don't know, a lot of I don't care what sport you're playing, how many regular season games you have during the, that's a lot of wins. 223 playoff wins on top of that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. He won nine Stanley Cups uh, across his career with the Canadians, the Penguins, and the Red Wings. And he did that over three decades from the 70s to the 2000s. There's not many dudes that have that type of longevity and then are so dominant throughout. And and it was just like everywhere he went, it's like, all right, we're going to win a bunch of Cups with the Canadians, and then we're going to go fix the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then we're going to go fix the the Detroit Red Wings, and we're going to win the Stanley Cup wherever we go. That's what Scotty Bowman did, and he was just – he's the GOAT of any tell coaches i think uh so i'm happy to have him on the list and with my final pick uh i have i have to choose between two nba guys i was hoping you would take one of them off so i could just pick the other one uh i'm gonna go with phil jackson uh, as the last pick though uh phil jackson is just when you think of nba coaches he's the, he's the man he's the guy he you know, obviously coached michael jordan obviously coached uh, the the shack and the kobe lakers and just the things that he did for the NBA and the triangle offense are, are things that will never be done again and things that won't be replicated again because there, there aren't coaches that are built the way Phil Jackson is. Obviously, he was a two-time NBA champion as a player, but then 11-time NBA champion as a coach, uh, coach of the year in 96. Uh, let me look at what, is, what was his final record because I didn't write that down. Uh, thought, <laughs> just so, And it just makes me laugh. A thousand... 
uh, what is that? A thousand one hundred and fifty-five and four eighty-five for a seventy point four percent win percentage. I mean, Phil Jackson was just stupid good at basketball at coaching basketball. He was just so good, silly goose type numbers. Uh, and I happy to join. Uh, I think an all-time legendary list. Both of our lists are looking pretty good, but I'll, I'll throw it to you for your last pick. Yeah, I, Phil Jackson was obviously on my list. He was on my alternates, but I was like, I, I want Phil Jackson. And that's who I was leaning toward with, was with this last pick. And then Scott Bowman, I, I saw him on so many lists, and I was like, I don't know anything about him. I was like, I wrote him down. I was like, if I have to, I'll say something about him, but I don't want to get there. So I'm glad you took him and you could actually, you know, talk about him. Um, with my final pick, I'm going back to basketball, and I'm going back to New England, the Boston area. I'm going with Red Arbacher. That, I mean – he is the Boston Celtics. I mean, that he that's what it is. And you look at, like, his numbers. I had to look it up real quick because we've been talking numbers so much. He started before the NBA was a thing. So when you tie in both the BAA and the NBA, 938 career wins. They weren't playing 82-game seasons back then. So that, I mean, that is insane. And then you look at, obviously, nine championships because you've got that legendary Boston franchise. But you also look at what he did just for the league in general. He drafted the first African-American player, Chuck Clark, or Chuck Cooper, in 1950, and then introduced the first uh, first starting five of all African-American players in 1964. Being able to do that uh, break racial barriers, which um, Boston is not known for a town that's super uh, racially friendly. Being able to do that in Boston specifically was a huge deal. Uh, he left a huge impact on the game of basketball, both on the court, off the court. Uh, good old Red did a lot of really, really good things. And I'm very, very happy to add Red uh, to my uh, group of coaches with Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, and good old Coach Pop. Yeah. Do you have any alternates? Absolutely. Uh, Red Auerbach was the, the guy I was trying to decide between Phil Jack. I couldn't decide. Uh, but – Obviously, it was a force two there, but I had Dean Smith written down. I had Vince Lombardi written down too. Uh, Bear Bryant, Jimmy Johnson, uh, and then Eddie Robinson from Grambling State. A lot of people uh, over can overlook him uh, at an HBCU like that. But 408, 165, and 15 in 57 years at the program. Coached from World War II to 1997 at Grambling State. That's a that's a pretty ridiculous amount of time. So uh, Eddie Robinson would have been a great addition, but I mean, you just can't can't really beat John Madden, John uh, John Wooden, Scotty Bowman, and, and Phil Jackson. But any alternates that got left off your list? My alternates are kind of goofy. I'll be honest. My my because we went through basically all my alternates. I had about five, uh, but I had my coaches. So shout out to Charles Watkins and Josh Watkins, my little league baseball coaches, and then Coach Duncan and uh, Coach Hodges, who co- coached me in high school football. Love those guys. They they did a lot of great work. Won a lot of football games. Baseball, we weren't that good, but hey, good coaches nonetheless. Can't you can't determine what talent you got. I mean, we, we played some good teams, uh, and then I had um, Josh Heupel because he's going to be here one day. He's going to be an all-time coach. I'm going to speak it into existence. But, yeah, that's, all my other alternates got taken up. And breaking news, Antonio Brown has been released. Oh, that, that's, that is breaking news. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. But uh, <laughs> uh, awesome stuff. We'll get those graphics up for you guys to vote on and let us know who you think drafted the better group of coaches. Uh, we'll get into the question and answers in the segment of the podcast this week. Uh, we'll I'll piggyback uh, off of that. We're continuing to honor John Madden as both a coach, but not only – 
many in our generation probably know him more as the face of the the NFL video game uh, rather than as a coach or a broadcaster. But uh, we know him as Madden, the NFL guy. Uh, So I was thinking this week, you know, why don't other video games kind of have that guy that they associate with their, with their sport? Um, And really who would be those guys if we did that? So I wanted to go and ask Dylan, uh, we'll go one by one each sport. Who do you think would be the best representative for each sports video game in the same way that Madden would be? And it's, and it's really, it's interesting because it's like, so it's less of a, uh, a question of who's the best player, who's the best coach, but who has the best name that also is iconic enough to fit within that sport. So we'll go by one by one, starting with the NBA. Who do you think fits that uh, video game the best? So I think you keep it NBA 2K because I think that is a good name and I think it's become iconic. But I think if you want like a person to like be the man like John Madden was for Madden, uh, I think it's Allen Iverson. And when you look at the history of 2K, he was on the cover from the OG 2K in the year 2000, 2K1, 2K2, 2K3, 2K4, and then 2K4 was ESPN Basketball, and then ESPN Basketball 2 or whatever it was, the second one, Ben Wallace was the cover. So the first four or five, whatever it is, I'm not good at math, that's why I'm sitting here talking about sports. The That was Allen Iverson. I think he was like the defining person for a generation of basketball fans. So, I mean, I, whenever I watch like a flashy point guard, like when Ja was at Murray, people would compare him to like Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose. I was like, he plays like Allen Iverson. I was like, how are you people not seeing this? And it's just, that's what I think of when I see flashy play. And that's what you want out of video games is flashy stuff. You want to make the highlight plays. You want to do crossovers, dunks, all that. It's Allen Iverson. I just think he's so much fun. I, Whenever I fire up 2K and I want to play with like an old school team, I don't go to the 96 Bulls because that's not what I grew up with. I grew up with Allen Iverson, and that's what I always look to. So, yeah, AI. Uh, who was did you have in mind for good old NBA? I love that idea. I was thinking kind of the same route, but I was thinking Kobe just because, you know, so much that 2K has done with the, with the Kobe Bryant family and the Kobe Bryant brand. Uh, I think a lot of people that they, they got introduced to 2K around the, the 2K10 mark when two, when Kobe was on the cover. Uh, and, you know, I think he just he just fits so well with how that franchise has gone. And uh, uh, if you're not going to go with like Jordan, because I think Jordan 2K kind of fits, but I think that's just too on point. I think Kobe, something like KB 2K23 would sound something sounds good like that. I think. Kobe fits, but I think Allen Iverson fits in the same way as well. And I like the history uh, play there as well. So uh, move on to baseball. Who did you have down as the baseball face uh, of the, the baseball games? So baseball is so hard. And we've talked about this because there's not really a face of baseball right now. So I have four names and I think one of them is significantly better than all of them. Cause you can keep MLB the show because Shohei Otani. We've talked, we talked about it over the summer. I was like, it is a slam dunk. Shohei Otani should be an absolute superstar that can do MLB, the show, just drop the W and just have Shohei on there for the rest of time. It it would be a hit. But if they don't want to go that route, you've got Fernando Tatis, who's like a baby. He is super young. He's going to be playing forever. Make him the face of it. He's going to be a megastar. He already is. As a joke, but it might not be a joke, Lars Nootbaar. I mean, he didn't do much at all last year, and he's already like everyone's favorite St. Louis Cardinal. So who knows? Just ride the rocket. 
uh, but the last serious one, Derek Jeter. I I am not a Yankees fan at all. I but when I think of baseball, Derek Jeter is right there at the top of baseball players that I think of. And if you want to go to a guy that's retired and left a huge impact on the game, it's Derek Jeter. And it's the same realms of kind of like the AI uh, pick for two K. It's it's a flashy player. You've got like if you want to have a video montage before the game starts. Derek Jeter has all the flashy plays you can put in a video montage. His game uh, translates good to a video game. Uh, I mean, I remember, I can't remember which MLB the show it was, but a huge aspect of it was you could make the jump throws from shortstop. And that's Derek Jeter. I know other guys do it, but that's that's Jeter's thing. So I think Jeter would be a great pick, or Shohei Otani would be a slam dunk. But they, I mean, you don't have to listen to me, but I mean, I really think it'll be the show it just makes too much sense. Who did you have in mind for baseball? I like I like both of those ideas. Uh, definitely good picks and like the like you said, baseball is tough. And, and I was trying to when when I was going through these in my mind, I was trying to imagine like two kids sitting down, like, "Hey, you want to play Madden?" So that that's what a lot of people are going to say. So how would that translate? And baseball was probably the hardest in that regard. I was thinking like maybe like Babe Ruth. Cause like you want to go play some Babe Ruth, like go play some Babe Ruth baseball or, or Hank Aaron, you want to go play some Hank Aaron. I, I don't know. Those ty- types of names uh, kind of fit in the same way. If you're going more modern, I, I love the Jeter route. Uh, I think Jeter fits. And I think he's just such a marketable star uh, in terms of uh, I can, you can just see him on the cover in so many different poses in so many different ways. And uh, it, I remember when I was getting into baseball, like truly getting into baseball, the first, that was when Jeter put out those uh, Jordan cleats that year. And I was like, dude, I got to get those. Those are perfect. The, the jump man J- Jeter cleats are perfect. So I think it could have the same effect on kids nowadays, especially I'm certainly Yankee fans, but I'm sure there's still, you know, baseball fans that are like, that's my, sh-. cause you grow up as a shortstop that's the shortstop still. He's when I think of a shortstop, it's Derek Jeter. So uh, I love that idea. I, I think you've swayed me to the Derek Jeter realm. Uh, I'll go college football now. Uh, obviously, it has its origins with Bill Walsh college football, but do you have any ideas for, for college football? So I wrote down IDGAF, which I'm not going to say. Yeah, but um, I just bring it back. But if, it, if, if we have to have a name, Vince Young. Give give him his flowers. He needs it. He's. I feel like there's a generation that does not understand how good Vince Young was. And Vince Young was the best player in college football. He is one of the best players in college football history. Did so much for Texas and is just an icon. And he deserves to be deserves to be given his flowers. And I think Vince Young certainly. I think it just fits the bill. I think that's because Vince Young was just cool as hell at Texas. And you could literally put the picture of him at the Rose Bowl walking into the corner of the end zone on every cover for the rest of the time. And I think everyone would be happy. That's one of the most iconic college football pictures ever. I don't know. I just think it works. And college football, I think is one that probably works better for just rotates, but I don't know. Cause I think with a college football game, you're going to be happy no matter what, cause it's college football and everybody just loves it. But what did you have in mind? Yeah. So I thought kind of the same way, like, cause when, they had Bill Walsh originally, and whenever I looked back on that, I was like, it doesn't really fit. I feel like Madden fits better with NFL, and college football should be like its own. It should be NCAA. But as I was thinking about it, and you're going to hate this, Saban college football sounds right. It does sound right. And I could see my kids saying, hey, you want to go play some Saban? 
And I would know exactly what that meant because it's Nick Saban. So uh, the only other one is Bear Bryant because he's got that iconic name. And I think that's just even worse for you. So uh, I'll, I'll, I, I think, honestly, if I had to pick, I think Saban actually makes the most sense. But uh, we'll move on. College basketball. Did you have anything written down for college basketball? The same thing I put for college uh, football. But as, as I'm sitting here thinking about Wooden would be cool. Or Coach Cal. I mean, I don't love Kentucky, but I mean, Calipari has definitely been like the biggest name in college basketball for a long time. And I mean, they could add in like features where you can like cheat and stuff and like have someone take Derrick Rose's ACT and like stuff like that. That would be cool. Be a nice feature and talk about Calipari's career like that. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I think, but uh, joking aside, I think Coach Cal is definitely like, the iconic name from at least like the last like 20 years or wouldn't, I mean, like you said, when we did the draft, wouldn't the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Either one of those would be a okay in my book. Yeah. I like that. I like coach Cal wooden was what I had written down. And I think uh, knowing coach K's personality, he would like want that, uh, that distinguished. So I think coach K NCAA basketball would be, if they were to open it up like that, he would like find his way into that. It wouldn't even be like a thing. It would just be coach K would already be in EA's studios getting that deal done. So uh, I think that would make the most sense, but wouldn't, I think makes the most sense. Uh, The two we'll, we'll do these in one, the two like wonkier ones, hockey and soccer. Did you have both? What did you have written down for these, the, the hockey games or the soccer games? Gretzky for hockey i think that's a slam dunk because i didn't even have to think about it like i just sat here i was like hockey yeah Wayne gretzky let's go play gretzky like yeah say less and then uh for soccer i like i don't know how they would phrase it the these people would be better than me at their marketing departments but like somehow if you get like cristiano ronaldo and Lionel messi's professional soccer however you want to phrase it i think like they've defined a generation of soccer and obviously i've gotten more modern because video games are more modern. Um, I think those two, you get both of them on the cover every year and that's how it should be. Cause I, I don't know how you would phrase it. And I think there's definitely a way to do it, but Ronaldo and Messi, they just have to be around it. They're, they're, they're the duo that's uh, been iconic for so long. And then I had golf too. I don't know if you had golf, but just go back to tiger. It, it just made too much sense. But yeah. I'll throw it to you for your uh, soccer and hockey. Yeah, I've, golf obviously for uh, the Tiger is the easiest one uh, for soccer, and I think this works in the golf realm too. Uh, you're trying to, and I had Messi and Ronaldo written down too. I like, I love, I've always been drawn to video games that do like Messi versus Ronaldo or Bryson versus Brooks. Like, even if they're just the standard video games that you're expecting, it, something draws me to that title of like this big person versus this big person. And there's like some sort of game mode that is revolved around that. So I kind of like that idea. I also had Gretzky NHL down. I also had Iserman written down Iserman NHL, just because I love that name. It's a, it's a Detroit thing, obviously, but I think that's a, it flows off the tongue. And if you told me you were playing Iserman, I would know what you were talking about. So, uh, I love that. I love that idea. Maybe we'll try to make some, uh, we'll get some Photoshop uh, covers up there, see if we can't make some stuff happen there, but we'll get some stuff out there. I'll throw it to you for your question because I'm excited to get into it as well. Yeah. So this is a question that came to mind over the weekend as we got prepared for Monday night football and Monday night football this week was pitched on. It's 
more than likely was Big Ben's last game in Pittsburgh. And I was sitting there, I was like, Big Ben's last game, like he's going to be, we're, we're losing Big Ben. That, that's wild. He's been a constant in our NFL lives. And I started thinking more, I was like, is Big Ben a Hall of Famer? And I think it's fitting because as we start 2022, I think the first episode we did together, we talked about was Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? So I think it's only fitting first episode of 2022, we get a Hall of Fame talk going. So do you think Big Ben is a Hall of Famer? I think so. Uh, I think Big Ben is like one of the last of those Iron Man type quarterbacks that once Big Ben and Tom are gone, there's not going to be very many of them again. Uh, he's been in the league basically the entire time I've been watching football from when I was a little kid to, to now. And, and he's been basically elite to almost the the last three or four years, you could say basically is when Big Ben fell off, but he was elite for 14 of those 18 years. And that's saying a lot. And I, I can understand the argument against Big Ben because a lot of his all-time stats that he's going to put up and that are records are among the best ever because he's played 18 seasons because he's been able to compile so many stats. Uh, and almost certainly those stats are going to be passed by some of these prolific passers that we're seeing like Kyler Murray and like these dudes that are putting up ridiculous stats that, that big Ben wouldn't have even seen at, at rookies because it's just, that's not how the game was back then. Uh, on top of that, like his Super Bowl wins weren't his Super Bowl wins. They're not like when you you can sometimes say Brady won a Super Bowl. Big bet those Steeler teams were really really good. Whether it was that 05 team with Jerome Bettis or that 08 team with Palomalu and James Harrison, like those Steeler teams were all really good. But that doesn't discount what Big Ben did within all of that. I mean, he was an elite. Like I said, he was an elite quarterback within all of that. Uh, and it wasn't until the last couple seasons when age finally crept up on him. He has those two rings. Uh, teams don't win Super Bowls without like a good quarterback. There's no bum quarterbacks uh, outside of maybe Trent Dilfer, but there's very few very bad quarterbacks that win Super Bowls. Uh, and Big Ben was very much not a bad quarterback. He was very, very good. And I was looking at just like some of the records that he has. He has the most 500 yard passing games in NFL history. He has the most completions in a regular pro season game. He completed 47 passes in one game. Uh, most passing yards in a relief appearance, 379. Most passing yards in consecutive postseason games with 970. Most TD passes in a two game span with 12. Uh, only player with consecutive six plus TD passing games and only player with consecutive postseason games of four plus TD passes. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, you, you want to, I, I get that some people want to discount the, the stat compilers of the world, but we can't discount what it takes to, to be in the league for that long, to be as good as you were for that long and, and to be on a good dominant team for as long as he was and, and be, uh, contributing to those as much as he was so I think no doubt Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a Hall of Famer uh maybe even a first ballot Hall of Famer but I'll throw it to you what do you think on Ben Roethlisberger I think that's more of the debate is he a first ballot because I think hell yeah he's a Hall of Famer and like even like looking at this me looking back over the weekend be like is he a Hall of Famer I'm like I'm a I'm an idiot yeah he's a Hall of Famer I don't know like I know sports like fandom, like online, it like melts our brain sometimes. But Big Ben has just been disrespected. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I'm looking at the numbers, like, over his career as a starting quarterback, he's 164, 81, and one. 
Shout out to the Detroit Lions for ruining, like, not ruining, but just making his record a little wonky with that one in year 18. He has 63,000 passing yards, which is fifth all time, just behind Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. Two of those fellas are Hall of Famers, and the other two will be. So I'm number five, I imagine, will also be there. I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't. And then you look at the touchdowns. 417 touchdowns in his career. That's eighth all time behind Dan Marino, who has three more, Phillip Rivers, who has four more, and then Aaron Rodgers has like 30 more, and then the other guys are way up there. So, I mean, he has one more game. He could throw four touchdowns and be tied with Phillip Rivers. That's not like out of the uh, realm of possibility. So, I mean, he could climb up that list literally this upcoming Sunday. And then, I mean, just for fun, he has 4,000 career fantasy points. That's a lot. I mean, shout out to him. He he probably won some people some championships. That's a lot of points. Spent all 18 years with Pittsburgh, like you said, which is very, very cool. I like guys that stick it out with one team. We saw last night in the NBA, the Mavericks retired Dirk's jersey. Only player in NBA history to spend 21 years with one franchise. So shout out to Dirk while we're talking about Ben. Um, two, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, like all the numbers are there. I don't – like when we talked about Julian Edelman, I talked about how – with the Hall of Fame, the way I think about it is, can you tell the story of football without them? There's no shot you can tell the story of football without Big Ben. And if Terry Bradshaw's a Hall of Famer, Big Ben is like running into the Hall of Fame. There's no way he's not. I I just, Big Ben's the best quarterback in Steelers history and the best quarterback in Steelers history should be in the Hall of Fame because they're one of the, I, I don't want to call them the best franchise because that's a completely different conversation, but they're up there with about three other teams. And the best quarterback in Steelers history belongs in Canton. And I have no doubt Big Ben will be there. Now, if he's a first ballot, I don't know. that. That's more up in the air. It depends on who's eligible that year and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, he there's no doubt in my mind he'll be there. And the more I looked into it, it's like, yeah, it's ridiculous that I was even like, oh, is he? I don't know. But, yeah, I no doubt Big Ben going to Canton. Yeah, and the NFL can be weird with their first ballot Hall of Fame stuff. They they can leave guys off for no reason whatsoever. It's seemingly just like a bunch of guys going to a room and make a decision. But I think at the end of the day, before he comes off the ballot, he will definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think we can agree on that. Uh, we will move on now. Uh, last main topic, we've got rumors surrounding a coach that I thought Michigan might be giving up on after we lost to Michigan State earlier in the year. Uh, now – NFL rumors are swirling around Jim Harbaugh again. Uh, seem, seemingly a, a almost yearly occurrence if Michigan does well. If Michigan does well, there's NFL rumors. If they don't do well, then he's going to get fired. But uh, I wanted to see what your take was because they're seemingly a bit more serious than ever nowadays that Jim Harbaugh might be headed back to an NFL franchise. What were your thoughts on the rumors that broke yesterday? So if I'm correct, it's Vegas, right? It's all of them. It's really, it's Vegas. Okay. It's Chicago. It's it really, yeah. it's just NFL in general. Okay. Yeah. So here's my analysis. My, I have my little bullet points. And the first one says, get that bag and run to Vegas. So I like, the thing is like with most NFL jobs, which we talked about, like the NFL versus college, which is easier, which is harder. The NFL, I think is very hard. That's a tough league, but he's been there. He knows what it takes to succeed. He was successful. I mean, he's almost won a Super Bowl. Um, Vegas is good, and they've not been talked about with all the stuff that's happened there. My goodness, what a 2021 the Raiders had. But somehow, 
they're right there in the playoff picture in a really good division with four really good teams and they're right there and they're like in limbo and somehow they're still there if he can get that head coaching job I don't know why he wouldn't go because the expectations at Michigan are just going to get higher and higher and I don't is it sustainable we don't know because it's Obviously, we have they've been you guys have been good, but you haven't been this level good. And is it a one year thing? We don't know. That's kind of been the the trend with the college football playoff teams. It's you got Alabama and Georgia or Clemson and then the other teams and the other teams kind of flux. So if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm like, all right, let's let's get on the road to Vegas. I'm going to I'm going to play some blackjack. I'm going to get to knowing Derek Carr and get to uh hopefully watch them play in the playoffs and then get to work in uh, whenever they get eliminated by the Titans, probably. But um, I, I mean, even if Vegas doesn't offer him the job, Chicago, I mean, that's a team with potential with Justin Fields at quarterback. I don't know. I, I'd be scared college football, historical, historically good college football programs just scare me because the leashes are so short. But we saw what happened with Coach O. Coach O was like the most beloved man in the history of Louisiana. And they went six and six this year. And they're like, sayonara, have fun living on a beach in Florida. And I mean, they won a national championship two years ago with a team that might be like the greatest team ever. And they're like, all right, see you. Have fun. We're going to go get Brian Kelly. So, I mean, I couldn't blame Harbaugh at all for being like, I don't know what kind of leash I have here. I'll go get an absurd amount of money from either Vegas or Chicago or Jackson. I wouldn't go to Jackson. Harbaugh do not go to Jacksonville. But I Chicago or Las Vegas seem like slam dunks to go to. They're they're two teams that seem like they're in good positions. Chicago, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in Green Bay much longer. It seems like he's going to be out after this year. So that division is wide open because Minnesota, no matter how good they are, the crazy stuff's going to happen to them because the sports gods just hate the entire state of Minnesota, nothing's good's going to happen to them. Detroit, God love them. That who knows? And then Chicago's got Justin Fields, and the Packers will be good, but they're not going to have Aaron Rodgers. So that seems like an ideal place to just build up Justin Fields and that offense, and go to work or Vegas, who's just good. So I don't know. I I could not blame him at all for being like, all right, we got to the playoff. I'm going to hit the road and with Aiden Hutchinson get to the league. But, uh, yeah, that, that's my take on it. What, what did you think about all the rumors? Well, I, I kind of played my hand a little bit. I, 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 these rumors pop up a lot with Harbaugh, especially since he left the NFL. Uh, anytime we really – we win double-digit games, it's, you know, he might be tempted to take an NFL job. And, like I said, if we win less than 10 games, it's, you know, Michigan might fire him. It's basically uh, – and in the past – He's usually just wrote it off as his rivals using it as recruiting, you know, tactics and stuff like that. I think it has a little bit more weight just because he hasn't come out and said something like that. Harbaugh is an outspoken type of dude uh, and usually doesn't let rumors like that sit for very long. And the fact that he has and hasn't said anything as of, you know, as of right now, as we're recording this uh, makes me think, you know, just maybe something's a little bit different this time. I don't think he's going to end up going. I think this is more just a play and, you know, Mel Tucker got paid, James Franklin got paid, and now I'm the Big Ten champion, and now I need to get paid. And I think that's just the way that college football is going to go. You, you talked about the leashes. I mean, Michigan's given him a huge leash. In term, I don't know if in terms of, you know, what 
Harbaugh considers a leash, but you, you, you lose six straight games to your rival of Ohio state. I know it's Ohio state, but you know, Auburn was still beating Alabama every once every five or so years. You know, we weren't even doing that under Harbaugh. And the fact that we extended him despite, you know, winning two games in 2020, I think you can say his leash might be longer in Michigan than it is in the NFL. I mean, he was doing really well with the 49ers and they still ran him out at the end of the day uh, when once his time up was up there. Uh, and I think that's really like the main point that I'm getting to is, as the NFL as has progressed, Harbaugh has sort of gone back to his college route. And I don't think his style nowadays is going to fit in an NFL franchise. We saw how terribly it worked with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Uh, those dudes that are successful at college have to restructure the way they, they run their programs. And it does not translate to the NFL anymore. You've got to be you know, working with the players in the NFL where Harbaugh has been very successful commanding his players and recruiting players and putting them in positions where they're going to be successful rather than working with players and giving them the opportunities to uh, make the team successful. So I, I, I just think, I think Harbaugh has progressed to a point in his career where college fits him better. And he's in a spot where, you know, unless he, Unless he flames out, unless he really does bad, Michigan's not going to give up on him because uh, we've seen what it looks like on the other side. We've seen what Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke look like. Uh, Harbaugh gives us, we, we talked about it on the college football roundtable. He gives us that stability that every blue blood college football program is looking for. Uh, and hey, I mean, if Ryan Day ends up taking that Chicago Bears job, then all of a sudden Michigan's looking like the the job in the Big Ten, which uh, I think that's maybe more what we're waiting for. We're going to see what Ryan Day ends up deciding to do because uh, I think that's even more interesting at this point because I, I think Harbaugh can sit on the, and the more he sits on it and says nothing, I think I'll be more worried. But the fact that they haven't like extended Ryan Day to this point. That I, I feel like that would have been Ohio State's first move in the offseason before hiring Jim Knowles is let's get this Chicago rumor off our back and just lock down Ryan Day for four or five years. And, and they haven't done that. So I'm ex I'm interested to see what happens in Columbus and in and, and that whole situation. I'm I'm thinking that possibly the Bears next head coach will come out of the Big Ten. Now I don't know if it's gonna be Harbaugh or Ryan Day, but I just the way that the rumors are swirling now, it sounds like one of those two guys is going to take that job. And I'm, I'm hoping it's Ryan day, obviously, because I don't want to be caught without a head coach for our college football program. But at the same token, like I told my dad this week, everyone has a price I, that that could all change. If Oakland just triples his salary I, or Las Vegas triples his salary, I could easily see Jim taking that because Everyone has a price, obviously. So we'll see. We'll keep our eyes out on Jim Harbaugh and, and the rumors surrounding him and Ryan Day and all those guys in the NFL. We're going to move on to this week in sports. And Dylan has been dying to take the floor for a minute because John Morant has been on a tear as of late and he needed a platform to talk about it. So here is Dylan Holt with a Morant minute. Okay. John Morant, since coming back from injury, he had Grizzlies fans saying, Oh, the team's better without you. And John Morant said, what the hell are you going to say now? Because he is going crazy. Over a six-game span where the Grizzlies have won all the games, John scored 30 four times in a row 
franchise record in Memphis. He scored I, he scored 41 against the Lakers, you know, with LeBron James. Went crazy against the Nets, led them to a double-digit victory, you know, with Kevin Durant. Beat the Suns, who were in the finals last year, and then beat the Cavs the next night after beating the Nets, who, you know, are the four seed in the East. He is – he – Ja gets in these moments where he gets doubters, and he's just like, I'm going to be the best player on the floor every night. And he did it against LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Otto Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley in there. Those guys are really good at basketball. And he's doing it against everybody. And the talks, man, oh, is John ja All-Star? Is John ja All-Star? Or is he, is he becoming a superstar? Nah. Josh needs to be in the MVP conversation for what he's doing with Memphis. He's got them as the four seed in the Western Conference. They're going crazy. I don't know if the Grizzlies are going to lose again because that's how good Jaws playing. The chemistry in Memphis is crazy. Like Dylan Brooks hasn't played in a while because of COVID. Kyle Anderson hasn't played. It just hasn't mattered. They're like plugging in Killian Tilly and like John Concar in the starting lineup. And Jaws just like, all right, I'm going to go out there and score 30. Desmond Bain has emerged as like a legit, like really good two guard. Like I, he should be talked about as an all-star. I, the Grizzlies are really good, and it's because of John Morant. And the fact that, like, there were people saying, oh, are the Grizzlies better with John Morant is just asinine. And John Morant has made them eat their words, and I cannot wait. I, I just – I love to give Ja his flowers because he deserves it. He's a guy that got no respect out of high school. He got a little bit of respect after his freshman year at Murray, and then he has just absolutely dominated since then and I absolutely love it he's a Murray State racer through and through and oh my gosh I can't wait to watch him in the all-star game I can't wait to watch the rest of the season I mean it's appointment television it really is I mean I'm watching Grizzlies games every night to see what Ja does and it's really really cool and it's just I don't know I get fired up watching it I mean if you follow the Dylan and Dylan account any highlight he makes I'm like all right I gotta rip it and tweet it it's just how it is and I'm like jumping out of my chair it's awesome it really is he's i I don't know that there's been an NBA player like this for me anyways in my lifetime that I'm like, I need to see what he's doing every night. Like we were in Nashville trying to join New Year's. I'm like, what is Ja doing? I, it's just, it's incredible what the stretch he's been on. I don't know. I'm fired up. NBA basketball is like heating up for me because football is coming to an end. Love to see it. Ja, Ja's taking national headlines. Love to see it. Go racers, go Grizzlies. Yeah, a little bit of background for uh, you guys uh, here at Tunnel Vision Sports. I took over the editing uh, in November, and so anytime Dylan sends me an article, I'm the one that goes over it, and it just seems like the past week, two weeks, it's been, oh, Ja dropped 40 on another all-time NBA team and won, and oh, Ja outscored LeBron and KD this this night, Uh, and it just seems like every night, and I mean, just last two nights ago beating the Cavs, which the Cavs are a very good team. Uh, and just seems like every night he has the highlight of the night as well as the biggest like stat line of the night, which has just been wild to watch. And I, I wrote in one of the highlight articles that I wrote uh, recently, I think John Morant's right in that MVP conversation right now. I mean, obviously I think Steph's like the runaway favorite right now, but if you've watched what Ja has done over this past week, he's done it with, all of them, including Steph. I mean, they beat the Warriors one night. So, I mean, they, he's done just everything you've asked of him and more. So, uh, 
I'm happy for you. It's been awesome to watch it from afar as well. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, how the rest of the NBA season goes as well, because as you, as you said, as football winds down, the basketball season is going to heat up uh, as we get going here into the final few weeks. We will wrap up today. Uh, we will wrap up today with the college football playoff stuff. A uh, bit of a disappointing week last week for me uh, as uh, Michigan season came to an end, but uh, maybe the matchup neither of us really wanted, but I think both of us expected deep down between Bama and Georgia. Uh, Dylan, what were your thoughts on the semifinal games? And then what do you think about this national championship game? This sucks. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I just, I have like no desire to watch the game. Like I'm going to, but like, even like the Bama Georgia national championship from 2018 or whatever it was, I had more excitement around it. Like, I was like, yeah, I want to watch this game. I don't want to watch this national championship because like even the SEC championship this year, I, it wasn't an exciting game for me to watch. Like I had to cover it. And I was like, this is a chore watching this game and having to write about it. I was like, I, I'm not having fun. Cause it, I don't know. Bama, like, because obviously it's like an extra burden because I hate both these teams so much. They just they bullied Tennessee for so long and it just it kills me. But I I don't know. I just don't think it's gonna be a very exciting game. I think Bryce Young and Alabama are gonna do the exact same thing they did the first time. I think Bama's gonna win by multiple touchdowns. And I, I might be crazy. Georgia might show me otherwise. But I I really I don't think it'll be any different. I think I was impressed by Cincinnati to be honest. Like I know Alabama had that game in control, but like Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant showed they are really good. And that was, that was impressive, but I don't know. I don't think Georgia has a shot at beating them, which sucks because it's like, what's the point in watching it? But it's also sports. You never know any given Sunday or Monday. Um, you never know what might happen. And I, I, who knows? Georgia might go out there and shock the world or they won't. I don't know. I just, it's hard to get excited about. I, it's, it's very like, um, can't even think of the right word. I don't, it just feels like it's being forced upon us. Like it's the NCAA was like spoon feeding us this. We're like, Ugh, we wanted Cincinnati, Michigan. This game's gonna like, Ugh, we get to watch Bryce Young do the exact same thing he did to Georgia last time. I don't know. I can't get real excited about it. What are your thoughts about this matchup? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I when watching Michigan lose to Georgia, I know a lot of people have like re fallen in love with the Georgia defense after that performance. I I think I just more saw what happened against, you know, Michigan was trying to run it when that's really not the case. And Nick Saban has realized against those types of defenses, we've got to throw it over the top of them. And it's just going to, that's just how it has to happen. And you've got to have a guy like Bryce Young and guys like Jameson Williams on the outside to beat those types of dudes. Uh, We didn't have that. So we weren't going to even have a chance really to beat that defense. Alabama does. So they're probably going to do it. I mean, they've already shown us that they can do it. It's so hard to to guard Alabama for 60 minutes. I mean, it's like Ohio State was like, and you saw in the Rose Bowl against Utah, it, for 60 minutes guarding three NFL wide receivers and an NFL quarterback is just it's too much for even the best defenses. So I don't think maybe Georgia is fired up after what they did against Michigan, and maybe they have some more confidence. I think they just gave them some 
as Nick Saban says, rat poison in the bad way. It, it gave them confidence that they can do something that I don't think they can do, which is slow down that Alabama offense, which is, I think Alabama is going to win pretty handily. I, I think Bryce Young cements himself as the Heisman winner. Uh, I think we would have been better off and I'm happy that it wasn't this way because I'm happy Michigan won. Don't get me wrong. I think we would have been better off seeing what Ohio state's offense could have done against Georgia's defense. I think that would have been a little bit more exciting to see uh, because obviously Michigan was not built to beat Georgia, but Ohio state might've been Ohio State defense was terrible, obviously, but they could score with anyone. So I would have liked to see if they could have scored on that Georgia defense. Uh, It would have been interesting to see Um, happy. It didn't play out that way, but I think, you know, less happy than I'm going to, it's going to be a Bama again. I think Bama is just going to continue their dynasty. And uh, that's, that sucks because I, I, I don't know what happens with Bama now. Do they just keep winning in perpetual? Like, do they just keep getting better and better? Cause the recruiting classes like keep getting better and better. Does Nick Saban ever retire? I mean, I feel like there's no end in sight for that. Like, what do you, do you see an end? Do you see an out for us anywhere? I hope so. I hope he gets bored. That's my hope. And I, I like I've learned more about this in the last couple of years thanks to social media. But hopefully, Miss Terry, his wife, is just like, "Come home, Nick. You you've done it. You you've done it all. Just come sit at our home in Tuscaloosa. We'll watch whoever takes over. I they'll get the greatest coach ever. I'm sure. Again, I think that, it's going to oh be Dabo. God. I think it's going to be Dabo next. I hope so, and I hope he burns that place to the ground. I like. I don't like Nick Saban. I despise Dabo Sweeney. I don't like that guy. I hope he just screws up Alabama's. Pro- that would be awesome. All right, yeah. Saban, win like two more, and then Miss Terry can tell you to retire, and we can all – we can see what Dabo can do because that – yeah, I'm here for that. But, yeah, I, yeah, no one's stopping Nick Saban. It's just not happening. He's he's figured out the formula and it, it just works. You mentioned Ohio State. I wish Georgia would have beat um, Alabama in the SEC championship, and then Oklahoma State would have won the Big Twelve. I wish Oklahoma State would have been there in the playoff because that team's magic. They somehow beat Notre Dame, and I like. I still don't know if Oklahoma State's good, but they win games. Like they beat Oklahoma somehow, and then they somehow beat Notre Dame, and I. I just would have liked to have seen them in that situation where it's like these teams are definitely better than Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State like just pulls rabbits out of their hat, and it's like okay, they're winning, <laughs> let's ride. I, that would have been interesting, but yeah, the college football playoff just was not a ton of fun this year. Every time Oklahoma State pulls out one of those wins and they go to Mike Gundy in the the post game press conference, he has a smile on his face like he knew like what was going to happen, and I'm always like. Maybe Mike Gundy is like secretly like the best coach ever because he's seemingly has like the blueprint to beat these like really good teams and always is like sure of himself at the end of it. He's either the best coach ever or the worst coach ever. And I don't know which one it is. It's right up there. It could be either one. And I you still could go either way at like, like what, 15 years into his like tenure at, at Oklahoma State, it's been a long time, and I still have no idea. I cannot put my finger on Mike Gundy. Uh, that's going to do it from us here at the Dylan and Dylan Show. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I do. Um, I have the standings for our bowl pick that I figured we should uh, give how everyone's doing. So I'm going to do the top three. We got Joe Lister in first at 23 and 14. Very impressive, Joe. 
But in second, you know, Dylan Holt, 22 and 15. <laughs> Shout out to Dylan Holt if you're listening out there. Then uh, tied with Dylan Holt is uh, John Ramey at 22 and 15. So, I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion. It very well could come down to that national championship as to who wins it all. So we, we shall see uh, who makes it alive of that. And then my one other thing is I've talked about it a little bit with the conference realignment stuff. Murray State last night came out, CBS Sports reported it, that uh, the Missouri Valley Conference voted to add Murray State to the Missouri Valley. And then Murray State's having a uh, Board of Regents meeting tomorrow to pretty much say we're going. So I am very, very excited for that. I think that's going to be huge for Murray to get into markets like St. Louis and Chicago and go to Arch Madness. That's a very cool name for a conference tournament. I am fired up for that. I think it's going to do a lot of really, really good things for Murray State basketball. I don't know about the other sports, but we'll see. It's kind of feaster, uh, sink or swim, not feaster. I, I don't know. Sink or swim. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's really, really good for Murray State basketball. It's going to elevate that program to the levels it should be at. But yeah. That's my final thoughts, I reckon. Everybody have a safe and fun week. Yeah, you kind of spoke that into existence these past uh, probably like two months or so with the Missouri Valley. I have been saying that since I was probably nine years old. <laughs> I am very happy it's finally happening. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for Murray State, and I'm happy for all the people that participated in our bowl pick uh, We will get on whoever the winner is. We will get you on for whatever topic that you uh, want to be, unless it's you, obviously. Then we'll go to our runner-up, whoever it happens to be. No, but We're talking about Murray State for an hour if I win. If it's Joe, if it's Joe or John, we will see. We will get in contact with you and get uh, something set up for you guys. Uh, I wish I could have done better. That was uh, after a pretty solid year of picking regular season games, did not pick the bowl games very well. I'm sitting at 14 and 23, yeah, three games that? below the worst. Per- I have no idea. I do not know what went on. And I usually bowl games are so tough though, because you don't know any, like, you don't know who's going to sit out. You don't know who's going to, especially with these bowl games, with all the COVID stuff that happened. Uh, I'm more impressed with all of you guys that did well because I have no idea how you did it. I I, I thought I had good picks and I was uh, sorely mistaken. Uh, that's going to do it here uh, from us at the Dylan and Dylan show. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dylan and Dylan show. Uh, you can find tunnel vision sports on TikTok and Twitter at underscore TV sports on Instagram at tunnel vision sports, underscore uh, Facebook and LinkedIn at tunnel vision sports and on the web at TV sports Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next week and enjoy your sports weekend. Have a good one, everyone.